0: In 2019, Wayne Lozier and a partner drove from Louisiana to St. Peter's, Missouri. The trip had a very specific purpose, to capture Rebecca Carmen and take her back to Louisiana to face two misdemeanor charges in court. Now if the word capture comes across as odd, it is and isn't. Bounty hunting is a legit job. Indeed.com even has a a how-to-become-a-bounty-hunter step-by-step guide. Its first few recommendations include research your state's regulations and complete necessary training. So, bounty hunters get paid to track down and capture people who violated a bail bond agreement. But what they are not, however, are cops. Bounty hunters don't get their authority from a police badge. Instead, they need a license from the state. And that's where things started going wrong for Wayne Lozier. Last week, more than four years after the capture of Rebecca Carmen, Louisiana bounty hunter Wayne Lozier faced a federal judge in a St. Louis courtroom. A jury found Lozier guilty of kidnapping in September. On Wednesday, he was sentenced to 10 years in prison. And it was all because of a piece of paperwork, a bounty hunter license recognized by the state of Missouri, that brought this unusual case to our attention in October. We'll talk about the details of Lozier's sentencing in a bit, but first, let's revisit my conversation with St. Louis Post-Dispatch reporter Katie Cull, who covered this strange case and Lozier's trial. I started by asking Katie to define what a bounty hunter is.
1: Well... Basically, what it means is that if basically when you um, are arrested for a crime and you are booked into jail um, and you get a cash bond amount, you may hire a bail bondsman to come and post your bond and you will pay a percentage of that amount. um, And in exchange, you will get released and they will post the rest and you will get released. But as a part of that, you agree that you will show up for court um, as required. Now, some of these bondsmen are bounty hunters, <laughs> but then there are also independent contractor bounty hunters that will go after people who don't show up for court and bring them back into jail. Mm-hmm. And that is a legitimate job and <laughs> is something that uh, is entirely legal and licensed by the state.
0: Yeah. And what does it take exactly for a bounty hunter to come after you? Is just not showing up for a court date?
1: And a warrant being put out for your arrest, because basically when that bail bondsman posts your bond... If you don't show up, they will have to forfeit that to the court. And so it's kind of an insurance policy. Mm -hmm. If they can bring you back, then they're protecting their investment. That's their argument. So it is transactional then? It is transactional entirely.
0: And what is it that bounty hunters are allowed to do? Are they like cops? And in what way are they not?
1: (laughs) I mean, they're not like cops in that they're not licensed law enforcement officers. They are required in at least in Missouri to undergo some kind of training. Um, I'm not exactly sure what that entails, but they are required to go through training. And um, they can essentially arrest you. They can handcuff you. They can shackle you. They can put you in the back of a car and take you to jail. And they will show up at the jail and say, hey, I have this fugitive. um, And then the jail will book you in. So mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, they do operate, you know, like police officers in that they can retrieve you and bring you to jail, but yeah. they are not licensed law enforcement.
0: Katie, your coverage of this case was front-page fodder in the Post-Dispatch, and you began that story by introducing us to Rebecca Carmen and what was going on in her life in 2019. Who is she?
1: Sure. Uh, well, she's a Louisiana resident, and... Um, and she's a mother, and she, um, at the time, was married, uh, and she was going through a lot at that time. She lost her job, she lost her house. Um, she and her husband were in a abusive, dysfunctional relationship, um, and one night they got in a fight, and um, and she got arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, and she also had an alcohol addiction, so. She um, was charged with two misdemeanors, and then she went to rehab. Okay. Uh, yeah, so she, she was going through a lot at the time. <laughs> right. So
0: then she checked into alcohol rehab at a facility, and then after she got out is when she came here to Missouri?
1: Correct. and mm-hmm. And she said that when she got— out of rehab, her husband came to pick her up, and it was not a good situation. She was in fear of her life, so she called a friend that she had met in rehab who lived in St. Peter's, and they flew up here, um, so where she okay. lived.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, Rebecca Carmen, then, at this time, is facing misdemeanor charges in Louisiana, in St. Tammany Parish, which is just north of New Orleans, and you wrote that one night she and her husband got in a fight, as you had said. He pushed her. She punches back, he calls the police, then she gets charged. She was booked into jail, but she's waiting for a, a court date, right? Yes. So it's not that she has been judged a criminal at this point. Then days later, as you noted, her husband hires a bondsman, and he posted $5,000 to get Rebecca out. And that's really critical to the story, right? Yes. I mean, A bondsman then, in like very basic sort of layman's terms, what is a bondsman?
1: Sure. The bondsman is
0: the person who posts the bail. So
1: that is the person that you pay who is legally allowed to pay the court, essentially. And I think her husband paid like $730 or something, a percentage of her total bond, which was Mm $5,000. So he paid a percentage, put that money down, and then the bondsman posted the rest.
0: And then what is it that we know about the agreement that was made to get that $5,000 to to get her out? Sure. I mean, as
1: far as we know, and the the husband didn't testify, so we can't say for sure how that transaction worked, but um, he posted that money, and Rebecca did sign... A document that said I'm going to be released on bond and this is the person who posted my bail um, but she said up until the trial she had no recollection of signing that document um, and then beyond that there were records presented in court that said that um, the bondsman had certain paperwork that she should have been able to sign. There was mm-hmm. a line left on there that said basically if you jump on your jump bail, you are understanding that we can come and get you. Right. And and we will come and get you. And she never signed it. The 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 forms were blank. Mm-hmm. Um so she she said that she did not know even who the bondsman was right. that had let her out.
0: Well, she did find out who the Bayou Boys fugitive recovery was. Um and this is sort of the the point that happens here in St. Louis. What does Bayou Boy's Fugitive Recovery do? And and tell us about its owner, Wayne Lozier.
1: Sure. Wayne Lozier um, is uh, f- had been a bounty hunter for about six years, I think. And basically, you know, it wasn't only bondsmen that he was hired by insurance companies, things like that. Um, also hired him to recover fugitives, items, different things. Um, but basically what happens is that if there is a warrant out for somebody— the bondsman will say, "Hey, uh, there's a bounty on this person, essentially, and I'm hiring you to go get them." So he was hired. Uh, so while Rebecca was in rehab, I will say, um, she the warrant was put out for her arrest because she missed a court date, and so there was a there were there was a warrant out for her arrest. And at that point, um, the bonds the bondsman company, I think it was a affordable bail bonds, hired uh, Mister Lozier to come and um, to find her, basically.
0: We're talking today about a case of bounty hunters and bail bondsmen. It involved a woman living in St. Peter's in 2019 when bounty hunters dragged her out of a home to take her back to Louisiana to face misdemeanor charges. That case has gone through several twists since then, and we're following these twists with St. Louis Post-Dispatch reporter Katie Cull. So let's talk about May 9th, 2019. Before this point, Rebecca was in rehab in Florida, um, yet another state. She thought she would get a new court date while she was getting treatment. The staff apparently did not actually put in a request for that new court date. And she did not know that at that time. So she flies here to St. Louis with a friend. What happens next?
1: Sure. She says that she contacted the court, uh, to be fair, and did find out that there was a warrant. And she says that they told her, "Okay, when you come back into town, get it resolved. Come to court. We'll give you a new date. It'll be resolved. Um, But meanwhile, the bondsman who paid for her bail has hired Wayne Lozier to come and get her. And one night she gets a phone call from somebody who says, I'm from the St. Tammany Parish sheriff's office and i would like to send you some certified mail regarding your new court date and she says can you um can you please send it to a p.o box nobody knows this address at this time she was worried for her safety right right. um, because of her relationship at the time and she said nobody knows where i am can you please send it to a p.o box and and they said no i need your real address so she gives them the address and four days later, there's a knock at the door.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. okay, so <laughs> there is this knock. and at a certain point, she realizes that the the person behind the knock behind the door, that it is not, you know, one, there are two people, they're not police officers, they're not cops. So what does she do at that point?
1: Sure. Well, they take her from the house and they put her in handcuffs and then later shackles. And um, she gets a call and realizes these people are not police officers, and so she decides to say, I'm sick, I have to use the restroom, can we please stop? Mm -hmm. Um, So they stop at a truck stop in Sullivan, Missouri, about 70 miles
0: uh, southwest Mm -hmm. of St. Louis. So there is something that happens at that truck stop, and it was filmed by bystanders who called 911, and what happened next was caught on body camera footage, and that was footage that was being recorded by the bounty hunters themselves and the the video includes a moment when a uniformed police officer from Sullivan Missouri approaches Wayne Luger. and let's listen to that moment Uh, and before we do I should say some may find this audio disturbing. Uh, The first voice you'll hear is that of Wayne Luger explaining to the officer that he has a warrant and paperwork to capture Rebecca Carmen. Rebecca's on the ground in front of him, chained and barefoot. Um, You'll also hear Rebecca herself begging for an explanation um, and to be released. And there's also a second bounty hunter, Jody Sullivan, who shouts at Rebecca. I got the warrant and the paperwork if you need it, Sarge.
1: My friend said that she didn't let them in. Body camera stay
0: you're going to jail in louisiana i don't care what you say you guys have you? yeah stop i'm not going to say it again here you go i don't trust her uh, right here stop i'll get her one no no you're not That was body cam footage audio. It was taken May 9th, 2019, and posted by the bounty hunter group Bayou Boys Fugitive Recovery. I mean, Katie, what was it like to see that video for the first time? Sure, I mean, it's
1: upsetting. Somebody's begging for help, (laughs) and um, and before that video, before that clip, she was tased three times, and that was also caught on body camera. But, you know, throughout, I will say throughout the entire time, Wayne Lozier maintains that he did nothing wrong and that he was simply doing his job and she was resisting. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say that. But yeah, it's upsetting, of course, to watch somebody on the ground shackled and confused. Yeah. And there are police there. I mean, what do the police do? Sure. The Sullivan um, Police Department officers that arrive at the scene essentially tell her they no, you have to go with these people. You they have a warrant for your arrest, you, you are wanted out of Louisiana and you have to go with them. And at one point the officer says something like, these people have a lot of money on the line and you need to go with them. Um, and they had the credentials. They had their Louisiana bail bonds or not bail bondsman license, surety recovery agent mm-hmm. license.
0: And we hear Rebecca say that the bounty hunters identified themselves as police, which they deny. No. what do we know about that? Did they present themselves as cops? No, they didn't.
1: But I think, you know, your brain fills in things. So I think she had just assumed that they were because they were dressed like it. I mean, on the on the video, they're wearing cargo pants, utility belts, you know,
0: they look like police officers. Mm -hmm. So the officer who responded to the scene, you reported that basically he told Rebecca, if you use a bondsman. These people, they can hold you. I mean, was there really nothing that police could do at that point? I mean, she's obviously in distress, and people around are they're also alarmed by what they're seeing
1: yeah i'm not I'm not necessarily sure. I mean, clearly they were the officer believed that. They were allowed to take them. Now, meanwhile, I will say, while this is all going on, there's another officer in St. Peter's who is doing a lot of research about the law regarding bail bondsmen. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of figuring out whether they do actually have the authority to do that or not. Okay. But, but this officer does not know that. And um, he believes
0: that they do have the right to take her. Right. And the officer back in St. Peter's is Jeffrey Atkins? Yes. Okay. And what was he doing? And he, what happened after?
1: Sure. Um. So when Rebecca was taken from the home in St. Peter's, the friend that she was staying with called the police because she didn't know what was going on either. And um, Officer Atkins was on patrol that morning and he showed up. And he, I guess, got an inkling that something may be wrong. So he started doing research Um. And he looked up the laws of Missouri about what bail bondsmen are allowed to, or what surety recovery agents are allowed to do. Um, and so he's, at one point, he was the one who basically informed Rebecca in the car that the people she was with were not police officers.
0: Oh, gosh. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, why didn't Wayne Lozier have a license? He
1: he believed he didn't need one. Mm-hmm. Um, he had done research online, apparently, and... Uh, looked up the laws and saw some article that said that there were no laws regarding surety recovery agents in Missouri. So it wasn't a problem. Um, And that's what he believed and and maintained throughout the trial. Right.
0: So then when we get to October 2021, Wayne Lozier, this bounty hunter, and Jody Sullivan, who's the partner with him, they're indicted on charges of kidnapping and conspiracy to kidnap. What exactly were they accused of?
1: Sure. And I think a lot of that stems from Officer Atkins and his discoveries that he made. He basically found uh, that Missouri law um, requires you to be registered in the state of Missouri as a surety recovery agent in order to uh, arrest a fugitive, basically. Mm -hmm. And... He also found that you have to call the police before you do one of those recoveries. And the prosecutor noted in trial that actually that was also a requirement in Louisiana as well. Okay. So that's actually a fairly common thing where you have to notify the police before mm-hmm. you show up. Um, so he f- he found out that they did not have a license. And because they were not licensed, it was kidnapping. And they took her over state lines, which made it a federal crime. They took her into Arkansas first and then into Mississippi. Okay.
0: Um, so yeah. they covered a lot of ground they in did. that time. They <laughs> did. And how was it that Wayne Lozier responded to the charges? I mean, he clearly he thought that he was um was licensed to do what he did. What happened after that?
1: Yeah, he was licensed in Louisiana, so that was true. Um that no one was disputing that, but he he continued he was let released on bond and he actually federal prosecutors allege that he continued to try to um Arrest fugitives and carry a gun even afterward, Mm -hmm. um, which put him back in jail uh, awaiting trial.
0: So as the court's reporter for the post-dispatch, you are there at the trial. You were there last week. What was Wayne Lozier's defense?
1: His defense was that um, he didn't believe that he was doing anything wrong and that it was a pretty minor technicality that
0: turned this into kidnapping, essentially,
1: Mm -hmm. which it, it (laughs)
0: and it's something like it's $150 to get a license?
1: Yeah, $150. um, And you have to complete at least 24 hours of training, submit to a background check and submit an application. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of those hours, I will say, are transferable. So if you are licensed in another state, a lot of times, you know, it's a lot
0: easier for you to get licensed in Missouri. Yeah. So, yeah. So you spent a week there. I mean, what was the... The atmosphere during that trial, like
1: it was, there were a lot of people watching. I think a lot of people were curious. It was a really interesting trial, and it was riveting because you were along for the ride, essentially. You know, uh, Wayne Lozier filmed the entire thing on his body camera, and at one point he said something like, "I do this so that people know I'm not breaking the law," um, and so the and he turned over his body camera footage to the police. So. They had that voluntarily. They didn't need to seize it or anything, which I think speaks to how much he believed that what he was doing was right. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, it was just riveting to watch because you were essentially along for the ride, watching Rebecca in the back of the car, listening to their conversations. Um, and it was also kind of harrowing because she was clearly terrified.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, imagining something like that happening and then not knowing who the people are, like really knowing who the people are, m- that... M- I I don't know how a person sort of gets over something like that. Now, it took just an hour and a half on Thursday for the jury to find Lozier guilty of both charges, which were kidnapping and conspiracy to kidnap. Did that surprise you in any way? Um,
1: I never predict what a jury is going to do because every time I try to, I'm wrong. So (laughs) I don't don't know if I can speak to that.
0: (laughs) Okay. So no betting on that. And was Wayne Lusher there?
1: Yes, he was there. He was there the whole trial. And how did he comport himself? I mean, he sat there like most defendants, you know, scribbling on paper to his lawyers. um, Yeah, watching everything. He, you know, in some parts he's swearing and being pretty um, abrasive. And that was part of his defense, too, is just because he was—he might have—he— may not have come off, like the nicest person doesn't necessarily mean that he should be convicted. Mm-hmm. And that was also
0: part of his defense as well. Yeah. And did he testify? No, he did no. not. Okay. So what sort of punishment will he now face? Um, well,
1: kidnapping, I believe it carries up to uh, life in prison. Um, but I'm not sure that they will seek that. I'm not Quite sure what federal prosecutors are going to ask for, or what the defense will ask for. Mm-hmm. So, but his co defendant Jody Sullivan also pleaded
0: guilty previously, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and she so she did that before, and was that to to protect herself in some way, or part of the agreement was that she
1: agreed to testify, um, but they never called her. Okay, so like just to
0: get this straight, so bounty hunters can barge into a person's home drag them away in shackles, you know, stop them from asking for help, use a taser on them. And that's all, that's okay, as long as the paperwork is all uh, up to speed and what it needs to be.
1: You know, I I don't think they can ever barge into somebody's house. Um, and there was some discussion about whether he actually did that or not. Um, he maintained that he didn't um that she let him in the the friend let him in Mm -hmm. um and so you know i'm i'm not actually quite sure about the law regarding that but in terms of taking somebody away across state lines as long as you're licensed as far as i understand yes you can do that
0: okay what happened to rebecca carmen where is she now
1: yeah she's back in louisiana she's raising her children Mm -hmm. you know uh she's a mom and she just said i spoke to her um on friday and she said she was just really relieved because, you know, she felt like as a person who, you know, she pleaded guilty the, to the two misdemeanors for mm-hmm. which she was accused. And she said that it would be easy for her to not be believed because maybe of some of the things that she had done, but she was really grateful that, that
0: folks had listened to her story. Mm-hmm. And she'd mentioned also that she was thinking about other people, right? Yeah. yeah. She, she
1: also, yeah, that was a, a poignant quote. She said something to the effect of, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one who has gone through this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was interesting.
0: Okay. And Wayne Lozier made how much money? Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: $771, I think it was, in five cents. And that's with a hotel. So I think actually it was $500. Okay. And I'm not sure if he split that with Jody Sullivan or not. I should have yeah. asked. But,
0: yeah. So, yeah, I'm not sure whether it was, it was worth all of that. So, Katie, your St. Louis Post-Dispatch colleague, Tony Messenger, wrote a column about this case. Um, And it points out something that we discussed on the show. I said it a little bit earlier. And it was in the context of uh, talking about Illinois abolishing cash bail. So people are released on bail to await their day in court. So they're innocent until proven guilty. They're not criminals. And Rebecca Carmen was not a criminal when Wayne Lozier and Jody Sullivan took her by force. And then Wayne Lozier at that point was not a criminal either when he was indicted uh, on charges of kidnapping and conspiracy in October 2021, though he did get out on bail and then violated that, right, um, when he was arrested the next year. So after being through that that trial um, and writing this story, I mean, was there any one thing that left you kind of both shaking and scratching your head at the same time?
1: A little bit. I think it did... I think it did kind of show me at least a part of the legal system that I had never really thought about much before. And I don't think a lot of people think about, you know, bail bondsmen and bounty hunters very often.
0: That was Katie Cull, reporter with the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. I sat down with her in October to talk about the trial of bounty hunter Wayne Lozier. Last week, Lozier returned to federal court. Prosecutors argued that Lozier should spend more than a decade in prison. They argued the punishment would deter other bounty hunters from taking the law into their own hands. In legal filings, prosecutors said, quote, The act of apprehending individuals who violate their bond conditions may at times be a dangerous job, but that cannot serve as a license to go rogue. There was more. Prosecutors noted that Lozier had done more than just bounty hunting without a license. He had posed as a police officer to deceive his target. And after he captured Rebecca Carmen, he tormented her, tasing her multiple times and threatening her that if she did not comply, he could have her charged with a felony. Ultimately, Lozier was the one to face felony charges for his actions. Before sentencing, his attorney argued that Lozier was really only guilty of failing to obtain a $150 license. The defense said that this was the first time in U.S. history that a bounty hunter was being charged under federal kidnapping law. In the end, Judge Ronnie White sentenced Lozier to 10 years in prison. This episode was produced by Danny Wissensowski. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Doar. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis On the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. (music) Understanding starts here. St. Louis On the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group.